Hey folks, welcome to Narratives. Narratives is a podcast exploring the ways in which the world is better than in the past, the ways it is worse, and the paths towards a better, more definite vision of the future. I'm your host, Will Jarvis, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. You can find show notes, transcripts, and videos at narrativespodcast.com. Tonight, I'm joined by Katya Grace and Quinn Lewandowski. Hey, Katya. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Great. Um, good. Could you go ahead and just give us a quick bio and um, what you're interested in? I know it's a lot, yeah. so this is good. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I, I work on trying to forecast artificial intelligence and in particular, how uh, how it will affect society in the future, in particular, whether it will affect it very badly in the further future, perhaps. Um, or when I say forecast, I mean very broadly, just like what's going to happen. Uh, will it be bad in some way? What kind of problems will arise? Um, which involves a lot of researching things other than artificial intelligence. So I, I probably know a lot more about you know discontinuous progress in cotton gin technology than I, than I do about uh, the, the cutting edge of AI. Um, my interests are broader, I suppose. I uh, I blog about a lot of different topics. Um, I guess uh, how society works, uh, minds, game theory, um, philosophy. Uh, as I feel like I'm interested in all kinds of things when I uh, you know look online at a list of topics I'm allowed to see for some magazine or something, I realize I'm interested in almost nothing. Like it's like, do you want sport or lifestyle? Or, <laughs> um, but, but it's hard for me to describe what the, the category is that I, that I am interested in. That's really good. No, I, I love that. Um, Quinn and I also, you know, we've got these really wide variety of weird interests that <laughs> in some way. We're not sure how exactly, but yeah. connect somehow. Um, you know, how, how did you decide on AI as, as as the important thing? I think this is, you know, people hear about it. We've been talking about it more, I feel like, you know, after Nick Bostrom kind of originally, I feel like maybe he helped popularize some of the, the existential risks with AI. But but how did you, you know, come to, to think, you know, AI, you know, this is the big issue that I should work on that's, uh, in, that's important? Yeah, um, I guess when I was 13 or so, I... It occurred to me that it's possible to spend money on, for instance, helping people who are starving. And I was like, whoa, obviously I should do that. That's, right, that's good. You know, <laughs> like somehow it just hadn't occurred to me that like the, the money we were spending on random things around my house like w was fungible between <laughs> that and like saving people's lives. So I, I was, um, I guess as a teenager until I was maybe like 20 or something, I was like very committed to saving all of my money for that kind of thing basically That's awesome. uh, except uh like what was necessary for eating or something um and i guess over time that kind of broadened into oh but if there was like something even more important than like helping people who are starving right now i guess i should do that instead um and, and so it kind of uh gradually broadened into just like oh i should try and figure out what the best way to help the world is um, and do that. And so I guess I, I went through maybe it's environmentalism 
uh, for a bit. Um, and then when I left university, or I guess I, I sort of went on a, a holiday uh, from university uh, and, and took a trip around the world that I'd been given as a present um, for my birthday and ran into the the people worried about AI risk. Uh, I guess this was in 2008. Um, and they were like, you know, have you have you considered uh, worrying about this one? Um, and I was skeptical um, and have remained somewhat skeptical over the years, um, but I thought it seemed like an important enough thing to, to really try and look into it and say better whether it is a big deal. Um, yeah. I love that. Uh, no, no. And I like that. I like that journey of thinking about, you know, you know, how do I help the most, you know, there's like very direct way. And then, you know, how do you prioritize different things? Right. You know, how do you think about that? Um, can you, can you talk yeah. about like the level perhaps of, uh, you know, the listeners may have not heard of the term existential risk. Can you, can you talk about oh, what yeah. that is and, and like why that's so important that like people in the future matter a lot? Yeah. Um, I guess existential risk basically means something like human extinction. Um, very bad. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess it's it's usually taken to be slightly broader to also include, you know, situations where humans still exist, but somehow things are extremely bad such that it's sort of no better than if humans were extinct. Um, and it's it's maybe also somewhat more complicated by like, maybe there are also situations where humans go extinct, but we like enough what there is instead of humans, or, or it's morally valuable enough that, uh, that we don't call it a bad outcome, in which case I think maybe that would often not be considered an existential risk. Um, I'm actually not sure what the exact preferred definition is by the people who think more about this, um, but broadly human extinction or something that bad. Um, and I guess the reason that would be very bad, uh, <laughs> it, you know, if that, to the extent that he's explaining is um, that the future could be very long and uh, very big. You know, the, there seems like a decent chance of there being humans or uh, other creatures able to have happy lives um, you know, in other parts of the universe. Uh, there's a lot of universe out there, so you could have a lot of optimism for the future and it would be, uh, you know, unimaginably tragic if that were just sort of cut off. That's great. So it's something like, you know, there, we could, you know, if we went out and we populated the galaxy in the future and there's billions and billions and billions and billions of people. And so, you know, there's an extinction event next year due to, you know, nuclear weapons or something, uh, they would never exist. And that's, that's a really, that's something we should seriously right. consider and worry about. Yeah. I mean, there's some question of whether like other creatures would arise in the future or elsewhere who who would you know go on to do great things also um so it's all a sort of complicated question to work out how bad it is i think but uh it seems like a pretty bad seems thing to happen <laughs> yeah uh, definitely um so you know talk about existential risk uh thinking about ai um you know quinn and i were both part of a slate star codex meetup group and a lot of times cool. AI will come up and I work at an AI company and I have for about five years. All right. And I, I, I'm much more concerned about AI never happening and just general stagnation and, you know, things just generally decay than the uh, AI being bad and 
and getting us or something, you know, coming to get us and being evil and not being well aligned. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, And do you think about that other risk as well that like, we're like, Oh God, we need to be too slow. And then we just never develop it. And there's no progress um, versus like, of course it needs to be well aligned because we don't want to die in like Terminator movie. Like that would be very bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess uh, I think more about the, the, it not being aligned type problem um but i do have thoughts on both uh i, I guess i'm to hear it <laughs> I say, i'm less concerned about the it never happening one be, uh in part because maybe i find it hard to imagine it never happening um nice. like I, I feel like even if we had quite a stagnation um or even if you know the current civilization sort of fell apart and we went went back to sort of earlier stages of civilization still get there of, eventually i imagine that we get there eventually i think it would be pretty surprising to just never do that um i guess i it's i guess some people would say that it like maybe it just can't happen um i find that hard to imagine i think just yeah, I don't like think that's... we have we have minds like as a uh, proof of concept it would be right. surprising if you can only do that with um with biology uh and or or if you can't make anything much better than a human mind if you were trying and understood what was going on with them definitely no i i like that um do do you think do the path forward you you see for ai is it something like brain emulation like robin hansen thinks about like age of m or is it just you know algorithms slowly get better i i don't know if you thought about that at all i assume you have uh some um I think my best guess, I I haven't uh, I haven't like researched it much myself. I'm sort of going by like uh, other people having, you know, discussing it a bit and that sort of thing. My sense is that it's less likely that brain emulations come first. Um, there, there's a question of what comes first, and then like you might imagine that in the long run there will be a lot of different kinds of AI potentially, um, and you know if if brain emulations came first you might imagine they they would still ultimately make other sorts of ai or if uh if other ai comes first um there there might still be good reasons to want brain emulations Um, gotcha yeah i I think currently maybe my main expectation which isn't necessarily uh amazingly informed is that the kinds of ai we currently have um that aren't that good become better and better. And that's how we get something that's roughly human level at gotcha. most things. Just keep iterating up and it gets advanced, more advanced, more advanced over time. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, so my next question kind of goes off of that. You know, you wrote a post, it, it was about discontinuous progress in history. Um, yeah. What is that? And could you give some examples? And do you think that's gotten more common? Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the post I wrote was sort of summarizing um, a bunch of work that, that several people at uh, my research group, AI Impacts, uh, did. Um, we, so what we did was we, we wanted to know, is it likely that um, artificial intelligence very suddenly gets better at around human level? Because that was often a concern people had or have. Um, 
that it, it would sort of be going along not looking very uh, very exciting yeah. and then quite suddenly like there'd be like one insight that would take you to general ai and suddenly it would be able to do a lot of things so um, we thought a, a place to start on that is just how often does that happen with any kind of technology um so to answer that we tried to look at other technologies and, and see how often it happens um but it, it's uh I guess we, we didn't just like take a lot of random things and then see if they were discontinuous, which might have been a better way to tell like how common such things are. Instead, we were just sort of like, all right, can we find anything like this? Like, do these things ever happen? Yeah. Um, and, and we determined, yes, they do happen, like probably not that really, but, but given the way that we went about it, it's hard to say definite things about the frequency, except that it's like not never. Um, but uh, so from the ones that we saw, uh, it it looks like, or, or they're distributed over time such that most of them are in, um, let me just look at the graph here again. Yeah. Uh, so most of them are in the, the uh, I guess, 18 and 1900s um, and, and sort of getting rarer going back to, to like, uh, I think a thousand AD, no, they're, they're there was even is the uh, the pyramids actually were also one so going going oh, way back um but but i think this could very easily be just from like which things do we know about uh and i guess more recently in history it, they weren't getting more common i think like the um the 40s and the 50s had or yes maybe especially the 50s had the most in recent decades so it wasn't like getting more common, uh, you know, in the 1990s and 2000s. Um, but th that could very easily be from like, which things do people know about? Because we sort of crowdsourced these. We were like, you know, have you heard of anything that was just a sudden jump? Um, and it's easier for people to hear, I think, about things like, you know, telegraphs uh, and, and trains and giant buildings right. than like, you know, tiny things going on with improvements in computing or something that they don't see right much more vivid uh, yeah it actually reminds me we had uh one of my favorite professors from college on uh, a couple of weeks ago and he is an expert on the 17th century 17th century england 16th mm. 17th i should say um and especially on francis bacon and a lot of his work and right. i asked him you know yeah. was bacon's method really that new was it really like a new thing and he's like well you know i've looked at it and all the you know everything he was reading and all of his manuscripts and he's like yeah i think it was like that new like it really was a quantum leap oh, wow. which, which is interesting like so things like that do happen sometimes and it's like it, it, that's a good thing to be concerned about and at least have your eye on right when you're thinking about ai forecasting it seems like that's cool um i've got i've got another question katya and it's yeah. uh it's going back a little bit uh you know why did it take humanity to kind of start getting going and everything you know if you look at just a line of growth it's just flat 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 until you get to the industrial revolution and then you know everything starts shooting up uh, you know, mm -hmm. you wrote a post and you mentioned, you know, we didn't get rope until like 28,000 years ago. We didn't get the wheel for, you know, a, a scary amount of time. You know, we didn't get writing until about 3000 BC. Um, why do you think progress was so slow and then it suddenly just started accelerating? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a very confusing question. Um, yeah, I guess I... I wrote about how confused I was about that and yeah. 
people suggested lots of different answers to me. So I, I wrote another list of them. Um, but I guess none of them really struck me as like, oh, that's clearly the answer. And I don't know that any of them came with like anyone else being like, yeah, I'm an expert that's on this. And, and this is the answer, by the way. Um, I think ones that were uh, interesting to me um, or, or seem sort of plausible um, or book here um all right i guess one that was interesting is it's like there's actually progress in concepts the whole time as well and gotcha. like just even the concept of trying to make things better as a goal that you might be focusing on is uh is newer um I, I think that one seems kind of wild, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty wild. It, but it's interesting. Interesting to think about. Um, I think maybe a, a more plausible one to me that's perhaps a bit related is um, that, f for instance, I guess rope is one that I, I thought especially about because introspectively, it feels like if you know, if I was, uh, if I had almost nothing, but I was carrying things around it would occur to me to try and make something like rope. And also I feel like it's not that hard to make something like rope out of plant matter. I feel like I used to do it when I was a kid sometimes. Right. Uh, they, they weren't necessarily very good ropes, but I'm like in a whole lifetime with, you know, <laughs> hanging out with big leaves and stuff. Um, it doesn't seem that unlikely I would think of it. So it's sort of surprising if it doesn't happen in, I don't know, like hundreds of lifetimes. Um, like consecutively and lots of people living uh, during that time. Um, but I, I think I could imagine is going on is that um, it occurs to me to make something like rope because I have some sort of affordance to tie things up, which is because I've seen rope before. And so it's like I, I have an impulse to, to find a rope-like thing and, and tie it. Whereas if I'd never seen that, it just wouldn't occur to me, um, which makes me wonder like you know what like that are we not seeing now like, like you know maybe right. maybe there are other things around that we i don't know that i could actually think of and they're just invisible because i've never used such a thing um another interesting one was um um like there, there are sort of basic solutions to lots of things but most of them sort of don't get built on and so they aren't useful in the long term. Like in the rope example, for instance, maybe I, I want to know how to carry this pile of uh, food with me. And so I look for solutions, you know, like I do have a concept of let's make this better. And I'm like, oh, I can get my kid to hold it. Great. And then it's like, all right, problem solved. Um, but, but that one doesn't get improved on well into, you know, better ropes or something that, that we would then remember. Um, yeah, I, I guess I ended up with maybe like 20 different, more than 20 different ones people suggested. Nice. Um, but yeah, those were some of them. Yeah, that, that is really interesting, right? Like, how do you go to make that first step from just the, the first person to create rope, you know, going from zero to one, like it's a completely like, if you have no prior concept of it at all, it's a pretty wild leap to make. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, let's see. So you wrote a post and um, it was a list of high level narratives about what was going on in the world. And it, yeah. this is where this couple of months ago, I, I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> oh, Do you thanks. mind if I ask you about a couple of those uh, uh, oh, go ahead. kind of statements? Yeah. Cool. 
Um, so that one of them was uh, Western civilization is declining on the scale of half a century as evidenced by its inability to build things. We used to be able to build things and the ceasing of apparent economic um, acceleration towards a singularity seems like a big deal. And I'm, I kind of paraphrase there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so, so do, you, do you think the tech stagnation thesis is a real phenomenon? Is that correct? Um, well, I guess w with all of the the high level narratives that I wrote in that post, I didn't mean to endorse them. Um, so it was well, like, <laughs> these are potential ones. Nice. Um, yeah. So I think on that one, um, I haven't looked into it that much. So I'm, I'm unsure what the, the status of the evidence is. I think there are some things that are pretty notable, like, um, I, I guess like actually during COVID, I think I, <laughs> more had the sense of like wow we we just can't do really things bad at that, this yeah um especially i don't know seeing other places do better and as i also wrote a post actually about like new york's effort to vaccinate lots of people um uh whenever that was like uh, 1947 um and that it seemed like it was maybe 50 times faster than oh wow um than new york's effort to vaccinate people against covid uh, sort of like well that's like that's a very notable fact um yeah and I, I guess a thing I do know more about the evidence for is like um uh economic growth where if you yeah. look over long-term history I think um and, and try and fit a curve to it it as as gross world product gets bigger also the economy doubles faster um roughly and so i think for, for a lot of history if you had looked forward you would say oh it's going to reach a kind of singularity at a certain point like it's it's going to you know just mathematically it looks like it will go to infinity at a point um though you know presumably in reality something else will happen uh but i think it sort of stopped looking like that at around 1950 um and so that's an interesting <laughs> uh thing to note Definitely. And, and it does seem like there, there are long ranging consequences of, uh, of that, of, you know, growth kind of leveling off a little bit and not just, you know, rapidly accelerating towards infinity, yeah. which would be good. <laughs> um, um, exactly. Uh, so you mentioned the vaccination stuff. I also yeah. wrote this, this very brief piece complaining about uh, vaccination distribution here in North Carolina, where we All are, right. they, they had a yeah. problem where they couldn't, they literally, they weren't getting them out of the warehouses. You know, it's just like oh, huh. sitting in the warehouses and, and no one's going to get them. And I, it was just baffling to me why the governor just couldn't send, you know, the state highway patrol, literally you send them one day course. This is how you give an injection. You tell each of them to go pick up a hundred doses and you could have, you know, all of these vaccines distributed within like one or two days. It, yeah. What <laughs> do you have any sense on, on why we've gotten so bad at doing something so simple? Um, I have, I have guesses and yeah, I, I have no particular reason to expect right. that guesses are better than other people's. Um, but I think that like some of it is like regulations and things where I think maybe in gotcha. the, the 1947 case, um, I think it was much more like, well, let's just get anyone to volunteer to, to put needles in people. <laughs> like, let's just do it as fast as possible. Um, and whereas now I'm assuming that uh, 
you know, it's it's harder to do that. Um, I I guess I, th I think I wonder about like in the COVID case that doesn't seem like it can be like that is um, um, I guess initially seeing you know pictures of China and and maybe a few places near me. Um, there are cafes that move their their counter to the door and then serve through the door so no one has to go inside, and that seems like a very simple solution that like any particular cafe could do. Say, right. um, I, I think there are like no cafes near me like that or like it's quite a walk to get to one that's doing that and i'm like huh why is that like it it seems like um like regulation is not preventing that right um, is it that no one really cares about it I, I would think it's sort of bad for the the staff at least like even if each customer is fine standing in a room with 10 people for five minutes um to get their coffee like the staff are spending a, a year like right. mingling with like every resident near here um and i feel like usually if there was a thing that a cafe was doing that would i think when i calculated it, it was like maybe in a year it would, it would take three cafes to have actually killed a person or something like that oh, from God. covid <laughs> like usually if a cafe was doing something that would kill someone every three years like we you know there would be some pressure for them not to um but i guess one thing i wonder about all of this is that there's there's some thought that a lot of um you know, human progress comes from us sharing ideas well between us and that each human isn't that great at like thinking of good new thing ways to do things that actually go well. And uh, and so while it seems like we're sort of inventive on our own and able to solve problems, that's not where the main action is. <laughs> the main action is in like thing, cultural things spreading if they're, if they work well. And so if there's a very new problem like a pandemic, we get to see the how how poorly equipped we are for things where we have to just think on our feet about what to do. Um, I, I think it's I think the pandemic has pushed me more toward thinking that's uh, that's going on, um, but it, it's still very confusing to see on a small scale. I think, yeah, like <laughs> these things right. where, where you think you could just go and pick up the vaccines. Definitely, yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm reminded I I, I have this feeling that humans are you know pretty good at copying each other but really just not very good at rationally optimizing. And in fact, they've done these studies with pigeons. I think they give them like the Monty Hall problem or something. And a lot mm -hmm. of pigeons can outperform quite a few people on these kind of, huh. you know, rationalization problems. So uh, rationally, op rationally optimizing problems. Um, right. so, so I wonder if that is part of it. It's like really at the end of the day, our superpower is just like, oh, that works. That's rope. That's great. We're going to do that. Um, and we're going to implement that, or, you know, we've got this cafe. Wow. Our neighbors are doing that. That seems like a good idea, but on our own, we're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Which I think interacts interestingly with the, the AI concerns, because often that's phrased as like, uh, well, humans with their amazing brains have like <laughs> so done perfect. great things, but if it's more like the, the network of humans passing ideas between them, have done great things and now we're going to add more nodes to that network that are different it's like less clear what you should expect to have in there i think that that's a really good point that's a really good point that's a good way to think about that <laughs> um next question is the statement you put in there um so everyone is going to die the way things stand and i i believe that you know this is a very bad thing i think this is a very bad thing yeah. um 
do you have any thoughts on you know cryonics anything like that uh do you think it's a good idea do you think it's a bad idea um yeah yeah i, I think it's a good idea um i mean I guess, I guess there are different meanings of good idea i think like if you're looking for the best altruistic way <laughs> to spend money i think it's probably, probably not, not that um but i think you know everyone puts a lot of effort into um you know preserving their own health and <laughs> looking after themselves i think right like as a as a way of looking after yourself it seems like uh, a great idea um yeah i think i i enjoyed the wait but why article about this it was sort of um describing it as like well you, there's not a there's not a particular point that's like you're dead it's just like when can they revive you like now we can revive people who have been you know quite cold or their heart has stopped for longer than in the past whereas in the past it was just like they killed over and like you're dead right. um but at the point where we can actually uh freeze you and in the future we'll be able to um wake you up again like we shouldn't really be calling you dead yet because you you can be revived uh, uh yeah so I, I'm not signed up for Cryonics, though. It's on my it's on my list, you know, of things to do. <laughs> Got to. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I probably want to look into it a bit more before I actually do it. But right, for, uh, on my on my in. current level of uh, understanding, it seems like a a great idea. Gotcha, Quinn. I know you had a question about communities. Was that correct? Uh, yeah, I think about um, we were talking about overrated, underrated, right? Okay. You always do that list of things. And I brought up the question about um, thinking for yourself versus distributed social cognition, where you should trust what your society tells you. And it kind of seems like mm. what you just said goes to that. Mm. I mean, it. I had a friend, just, you know, a, not a really close friend, but um, growing up who had Down syndrome. And so that mm. was kind of a really strong, immediately available proof of concept that you shouldn't always try a thing for yourself there are times where you can be reasonably confident that the people around you do know better about enough stuff that trying to figure everything out for yourself is almost suicidal um yeah. <laughs> but i'm not sure where i'm very unsure where the cutoff is mm. for um because you do if you don't think for yourself you leave on the table the possibility of them better than your society of what sir uh, of doing better of, uh, than the people yeah. around you. Yeah. Which seems like a lot. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really interesting question and, and quite hard. Um, I think there, there's sort of a tendency, um, I guess, among uh, is me and people like me to, to I think, start off as, as like, young people being like oh i don't understand why people are doing these things they're probably silly i, I just i just won't do them uh, and then i'll do better than society why why do we have to get up in the morning and why don't we eat ice cream for breakfast and why do we have christmas none of these make sense all right i'm just going to stop um and then kind of later on coming around um and i think uh I guess the idea of Chesterton's fence here is one that I find um, helpful for thinking about things where if you, the idea is if you come across a fence in a field uh, and you don't know why it's there, then you shouldn't take it down if you don't know why it's there, because then like maybe there's a bull behind it. If you do know why it's there, that's when you're allowed to take it down. Um, and so I think for, for deciding 
So I think like, you know, younger me is doing exactly the wrong thing by being like, I don't know why we have breakfast in the morning. Uh, how about we don't do that? <laughs> Whereas uh, if if you're like, oh, the, okay, the reason we do this thing is you know, X, Y, Z. And actually that like that made sense for other people, but doesn't make sense for my goals, then I won't do it. Um, but but I think that it, it gets really complicated because I think often it's hard to know why a thing did become uh, a thing that lots of people do. And often other people don't know the reason. So I, I think a, another kind of failure that happens is um, you, you ask, hey, society, why do you do this thing? And society gives you a whole lot of bad reasons. Um, like, you know, in high school, you're like, why do I have to do this math? And the math teacher is like, well, you need to buy groceries as an adult. And so you'll need to sum up numbers to, to buy the groceries. And you're like, oh, actually, um, well, I know that I have a calculator, so that's not important. And then you don't study math, but it turns out that math was actually good for lots of other things. Um, and I think this sort of connects with the, the same thing I was um, mentioning where often things kind of spread by copying and the individual people haven't thought them through well, where the reason you're learning math at school is sort of uh, more like coming from a selection effect or something where maybe for some bad reason, someone decided to start teaching it and that happened various times and it went well <laughs> or people liked it um, or it seemed helpful and then it stayed around. Uh, rather than like your specific math teacher knowing what the ultimate good of it was. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm still fairly confused about when it's reasonable to, uh, to decide that you know enough about a thing and enough about what your values actually are <laughs> to, to not do it. Um, but I think it's also good to, to separate what you act on and what you um, sort of tentatively believe to some extent where like um, like I think if you're in an area where you think that that other people probably know better than you it's still good to have your own guesses about the thing so you can uh, like practice thinking about it and, and better come to understand it um, but then just like actually make your bets based on the the wiser guesses of someone else that you don't understand if that makes sense yeah Definitely. I think it's a really good approach. Um, Katya, you wrote a post on advertising. This is kind of a left term, uh, <laughs> yeah. left turn, but I somewhat related. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and so, some of your broad thoughts on advertising? I, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it, it's all over the place now, you know, <laughs> yeah. companies built on the back of, you know, advertising in different ways all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess I, I tentatively think it's pretty bad, um, I think, or, well, no, maybe I have very mixed feelings um, <laughs> that are maybe controversial in different directions. Uh, as I, I think to the extent it's grabbing your attention in lots of situations where you didn't want it, um, I think it's just bad and as a way of stealing something that shouldn't be stolen and basically that's just an externality where other people can grab your attention without you being able to stop them um and i think if you could like if 
the property rights were well defined here and you could like pay some small amount to not have your attention grabbed in these cases, I think it would very often be worth it. Um, and so it's basically just doing harm. It's like as if you just couldn't stop people from picking your pockets whenever you went outside or something. Um, I think that uh, the, the service though of like figuring out which things you might want and telling you about them is actually a valuable service um, that, that someone might want. Um, you know, I do in fact want sometimes, like I think actually I, I enjoy the ads on Facebook a lot. Uh, I think I might enjoy them more than the content, which is also a controversial <laughs> view. They're just, they're somehow so good at figuring out what I might want. I, I don't understand what kind of spying they must be doing to, oh God, to yeah. carry this out. But like, I often buy the things they want and off, or the things they suggest. Um, and I think often I wouldn't have known that they were uh, available. I think recently I, I wanted to buy... Um, uh running pants for my boyfriend uh, the way i went about looking for good ones was i just googled a few times what are the best running pants for yeah. men or something hoping that facebook would like realize this is what i wanted and it and it worked and that they started advertising <laughs> running pants to me also i clicked on some of their ads for that and then they just went crazy and i think i got maybe like seven different fancy running pants brands <laughs> which didn't ultimately lead to good running pants i admit which, oh, you know it's, it's hard to buy clothes on the internet because we have to try them on um but another time i had a blog post about uh round seals like like the kind of mammal um uh with photographs of them and then facebook advertised to me this like stuffed round seal oh <laughs> i was like wow that's very precise that's, yeah that's very specific <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I think there are other sort of specific ways that ads are bad or different ways of of thinking about it um like i, I think they're they're sort of like a voice that is there talking to you that can just change the vibe of the situation often um like if you just had a sort of annoying person following you around as you as you wandered around town that would make the experience worse and um for me at least i think ads are are often like that especially notably i guess in the, the uk subway for some reason um, oh interesting <laughs> yeah. um yeah Gotcha. No, I, I think that's quite interesting. And to you mentioned stealing, stealing attention as being, you know, very bad and perhaps something people don't realize. Um, I, I, I agree. I think that's really important because human attention, you know, it's, it's how we solve problems in the world and it's, it's a limited resource. And if it's getting burned up looking at, you know, subway ads, ads on the subway, you know, you're not solving other problems, which is a real problem. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move on now and do a quick round of overrated and underrated. Um, so I'll right. just throw a term out and give us, you know, uh, your thoughts on it. <laughs> All right. Um, GMU econ, overrated or underrated? Oh, I think probably underrated. Um, I, you know, I can't speak to like everything that has ever come out of GMU econ. I've, I've probably seen a very tiny fraction of it. So I, I'm not necessarily endorsing everything. Um, but I, I think I've, heard a lot of interesting ideas from left field from there and, and i've appreciated um their contribution to my mental world and yeah i love it um 
Let's see. Colonizing planets other than our own. Overrated or underrated? Oh, I think um, I think a mixture. Uh, I guess probably many of these things are going to be uh, different yeah. for different crowds. Um, my, my, it seems like in the long run, it's going to be important to you know go go to space and uh, uh, colonize other planets, and that for the most part, people hardly think about that. So it seems very underrated in that sense. I think it. it to the extent people are excited about colonizing planets soon, um, my guess is that's sort of overrated <laughs> in that it doesn't seem very economically, um, you know, workable or, or like, uh, I mean, it seems perhaps feasible, but not like there's a good reason to do it, except like wanting right. to, to have done the thing in the near future. Definitely. Uh, aphorisms, overrated or underrated? <laughs> Oh, I think underrated. Underrated. I well, at least, it. you know, I, I like a good aphorism. But, um, That's good. I, th I think they're quite helpful. They're, <laughs> they're very short. Uh, I, yeah. I do appreciate writing being short. That's a, <laughs> that's a passion of mine. A Are you a Hemingway fan? Um, I actually they haven't read much. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you should. I, I, I'm sometimes criticized for... Um, trying to write too much like him so i probably should oh, nice. read him <laughs> what, about, what about dashiell hammett you know they had the same editor and we know hemingway was a really big dashiell hammett fan and we know dashiell hammett wrote in that style first so i'm a big dashiell hammett fan and i know there's academic debate about whether hemingway stole it or just read it and then independently reinvented it and i don't find the latter very credible but i also think it's a good thing that I mean, he took an idea that was working and used it to do more good things. So I don't think we should call that. Sorry, it just it wandered into something I have a passionate interest in. So um, yeah, any Hammett? I don't think so. No. Well, Katya, that's all the questions I had, and Quinn is. I think that's all the questions you had too, as well. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Awesome. Well, Katya, I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and chatting with us this afternoon. This has been um, quite wide ranging. Do you have any, you know, parting thoughts? Anything you'd like to leave with anybody? Or um, and also, uh, where can people find your work? Oh, um, um, well, my work is uh, on um, on the AI Impacts website. is is my work work, uh, which is AIimpacts.org. Um, more wide ranging uh, non work uh, output is uh, these days mostly at worldspiritsockpuppet.com. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was a really interesting conversation. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Scott. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Narratives.